Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls, code nogirls. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. What I really hope is that um, what the work that we've done with the boss has been able to inspire companies um, into thinking like, well, we've we've ignored our problems and it's not worked. So, you know, maybe this is a bit of a, a kick up the bum to do something about it. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. March 8th is International Women's Day, a global holiday to commemorate the achievements of women. And I have to say, I really, really hate it. And if we're being completely honest, I have always been a little bit of a Grinch about pretty much any and all holidays or commemorative months meant to celebrate marginalized people. 
because it always seems like they get co-opted by brands and corporations making empty gestures toward solidarity that are pretty much meaningless. So I usually stay away from social media on International Women's Day because I really can do without the tweets from brands about how I should celebrate women by using their discount code to buy lingerie or whatever. But this International Women's Day, something a little bit different happened. Yes, the brands still did their thing, unleashing their hollow tweets, assuring us how much they love women. But when they did, they were retweeted by a Twitter account called the Gender Pay Gap Bot that added some very important context. How much of a gender wage gap exists at the very same companies tweeting about how they're celebrating women? So for instance, when the fashion retailer Misguided tweeted, We're paying it forward this International Women's Day, and we're giving away prizes throughout the day, including £1,000 cash. Gender Pay Gap retweeted their tweet, adding, In this organization, women's median hourly pay is 40% lower than men's. Ouch. Now, many of the Women's Day tweets made by companies that Gender Pay Gap put on blast for paying women less were curiously deleted. It was social media chaos, and as a messy bitch, of course, I loved every minute of it. I spoke to Francesca Lawson, the social media marketer based in Manchester, who built the Gender Pay Gap alongside her partner, Ellie, about how it came to be. So, Francesca, I have to tell you, your project really just stuck something inside of me, I guess. I'm a little bit of a Grinch. I really hate holidays like Pride. I hate International Women's Day. And I just feel that these days have kind of become so co-opted in a lot of ways. Um, Is this something that you can relate to? Yeah, definitely. Like in my line of work in like social media marketing, I have been that person that's made myself really unpopular when I've you know, been asked to update all our logos to pride flags, for instance. And I've been like, hold on a second, why do you want to do that? You know, you want to sort of make sure that we're promoting ourselves um, as being really good for um, like LGBT rights. But what do we have to show for that? Can we really sort of um, put out a flag and that be it? That'd be all our contribution. So yeah, that's just another example of kind of you know, where this sort of performative um, kind of marketing comes about. And it really frustrates me. It just doesn't sit sit right with like my values. It's, you know, I believe that, you know, it's up to all of us to be kind of like working towards a more inclusive world through our actions. And um, so, yeah, it's not enough to um, change your profile picture to a pride flag. And it's not enough to like, Host an inspirational women's webinar um, for International Women's Day. Um, you know, it's really important that um, our words are backed up by our actions, whether we are speaking as an individual or a business or like a kind of a government body or something like that. It's and so yeah, that's what inspired um, the creation of the gender pay gap bot. You know. We've got the gender pay gap data available for UK companies with more than 250 employees. So, you know, by putting that back into the spotlight, back into the public eye, it's, it just helps um, helps members of the public see through these um, messages of corporate solidarity and, you know, make their own minds up about how well um, an employer is doing for equality. On Twitter, the gender pay gap bot's bio reads, employers, If you tweet about International Women's Day, I'll retweet your gender pay gap. 
looking eyes emoji. Using purposeful, unemotional language, the gender pay gap bot tweets publicly available data to highlight the actual values of the companies proclaiming to champion women. And it was born from the same kind of frustration that I feel about empty platitudes about uplifting women and other marginalized voices. It was um, basically the weekend before International Women's Day 2021 is when, you know, things started coming through again. Um, you know, people promoting their their events, people offering you discount codes to, you know, buy like lingerie or something for International <laughs> Women's Day. And it just sort of made me so frustrated because it seems like no one's facing any accountability for these claims. Um, and so I knew that the data was there. I don't think that many other people did know that the data was there. So, yeah, myself and my partner, um, Ali, we sort of wanted to come up with a way of putting that data back into the spotlight. And um, yeah, we built a bot. <laughs> In the UK, any company that employs more than 250 people has to publish their figures comparing men and women's average pay across the organization. You can see it at genderpaygap.service.gov.uk. Now, this transparency is a great step, but Francesca says it still has a long way to go. So in the UK, any company that has more than 250 employers has to make their pay, their gender pay. Uh, is, it, is it just pay generally or is it specifically pay in relation to the uh, gender pay gap? It's just um, in relation to the gender pay gap. So we don't have like a record of um, what employees are getting paid, what wages within that company. All we've got is sort of the average, the difference between the average man's earnings and the difference between the um, average woman's earnings. Um, so it's a useful, it's a useful way to sort of, you know, compare kind of companies' actions versus their words. But you know, it, it's not enough to truly get a scale of where the inequalities exist um, in a company, um, and it also just covers um, gender as well. And you know, what I would really like to see is, you know, more different types of inequalities being included in that, like, you know, just getting a handle on the ethnicity pay gap as well. And, you know, what sort of um, kind of barriers people of colour face um, in these organisations for, you know, getting good wages and kind of progressing up the career ladder. Data is so powerful. You know, data doesn't lie. Numbers are numbers. Do you but they're meaningless if people don't know about them, if people aren't engaging with it. And so I wonder, do you sort of see this bot as a kind of data visualization project where you're really trying to bring more visibility and more awareness around the cold, hard, kind of depressing numbers around the pay gap? Yeah, definitely. It's um, the data on the government site is quite inaccessible, I think. It's like you've got to, first of all, find the find where it's stored, you know, Google search, you've got to know what you're looking for. And then when you're on there, you've got to search for a specific company whose pay gap that you want to look at. And then you've got to sort of click through every different um, every different year that they've reported. Some of them will have five years worth of data. Some of them say, you know, newer companies or companies that have recently expanded might only have one or two. So it's a, there's a lot of information there, but you've got to do a lot of work to get it. And yeah, what we wanted to do is make sure that, you know, people knew that that information was there and, you know, it was in a way that they could understand. It's not hidden away. It's here on Twitter, you know, when everyone is um, kind of seeing all these International Women's Day supportive posts, 
it's just the data's there for them to make their own minds up about kind of what that means. It's completely devoid of any emotion or judgment. It's just, here's a very nice emotional post from a company. And here's the facts behind it. There is something so thrilling to me about brands having to scramble to delete a tweet because everybody is hating on them. So the gender pay gap bot kind of made my International Women's Day. Brands were scrambling to delete their perhaps well-meaning tweets once the pay gaps at their organizations were revealed. And hopefully, it caused them to reflect on why they felt the need to weigh in in the first place. Some of the tweets that ended up being deleted when you when the, when the bot you know retweeted them with the actual data around how crappy they are in terms of the pay gap, some of them were so wild to begin with, like, women are the fabric of what makes this sweater company run and blah, blah, blah. It's like, some of it's like, okay, keep your flowery bullshit. What are you actually paying the women who, who work at your company? Like, what are your actual values? Was that your intention? Did you, were you trying to inject a little like honesty into the conversation on social media around uh, women and pay or like a little bit of chaos? Because it was a little, it was a little bit like, I was like, oh, this is like chaotic and I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I think the focus is mainly on honesty. Um, I think we never expected there to be so much chaos because we didn't expect it to kind of spread so wide and sort of have so many different people from around the world engaging with it. So, yeah, that was really fantastic to see, but it wasn't anything that we at all anticipated. So, yeah, honesty was definitely the focus. But then I will admit, like, the kind of seeing the chaos unfold was just like the icing on the cake a bit. Yeah, I'm here for a little bit of, especially as as it pertains to like brands and corporations, I'm here for a little bit of messiness, a little bit of chaos. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're going to say we value women, okay, let's have the, let's really have the conversation about you valuing women. You chose to tweet it, like people can respond and especially respond with the cold, hard facts of the way that women are valued within your organization. And so I think it really, I think why I loved the project is that it really exposed this hypocrisy that I think that, frankly, we've all just gotten used to. We've just gotten used to this idea that brands and corporations and, um, you know, government agencies are going to, these things that started in liberation, they're going to take that, co-opt it, give it back to us in the form of a platitude or like a shirt with a rainbow flag on it, or a, they change their, you know, icon on Twitter or whatever. Like that, like, I think we have just gotten used to and accepted that that is the way it is. And your bot, I feel like it kind of woke us up that like, wait, hey, we don't have to accept this. We can reject this. Yeah, that's totally it. Like I've seen so many people just sort of in my own social circles say things like, you know, oh, I'm just going to like check out of social media on International Women's Day because, you know, I can't cope with the bullshit. Like it's just too much to sort of get angry about anymore because it's everywhere. It, you know, like people don't have the energy to sort of fight back with every every single sort of empty gesture, which you know seems to like take advantage of like a liberation movement. Um, so yeah, it's been really lovely to see some of the feedback that we've had of people saying that you know they really value it and actually it brought some like much needed both entertainment and transparency um, on a day when you know, you lose a bit of, uh, lose a bit of hope and start like despairing for the future because, you know, despite all the, you know, nice branding and, you know, 
logos on t-shirts conditions aren't really improving for any marginalized group um both in work and in wider society at the minute yeah and you know and i think it's conditions are not improving and i think it's an imperative to point to some of the culprits of why that is especially when they want to talk out of both sides of their face and say oh we value women but we're not actually doing that in it, we're, we're saying that in words but not in deeds you know here in the united states there are a whole host of huge corporations that put up international women's day posts or black history month posts or you know back in 2020 during the like racial justice protests we're like oh we stand with our black employees and then turn around and give lots and lots of money to, to politicians who go on to champion legislation that makes our lives so much harder. I just feel like we have all gotten so used to this corporate hypocrisy that that brands, it, it, it whitewashes liberation as, I don't want to be celebrated by a company that is like making my life harder materially. I don't, I don't want a company like that to celebrate me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they they shouldn't be doing those sorts of things. You know, well, they shouldn't be either. You know, celebrating if they're not actually following out through with you know supportive action throughout the year. They need to sort of look at kind of what processes are that they are responsible for, and can they change to you know improve people's lives within their organization? Like, what barriers are kind of people coming up against which are limiting their success and how can they be removed um because it's not enough to just sort of like wait for legislation to do it like there are things which companies can do themselves um to sort of improve the lives of um of women of people of color and disabled people and they're not doing them but they're still sort of you know trying to ride the ride the trend for a bit of um a few likes really it's so empty and i guess that's what like, you i didn't even realize this until you said it that international women's day i don't even really i, I just check out basically the, from february to the end of march uh in the united states that's black history month women's history month i just don't want to see it i don't want to see the brands i don't want to see uh, it's just so hollow. And it makes me sad that these days that are meant to be amplifying our voices and championing us, championing us to have just be become so co-opted that it's like, I'm not even excited for it. In fact, I just like tune it out. Such a shame that, you know, that's the way it's gone. Like, um, because um, I did like a little blog post of my own kind of um, for my freelance business um, before actually launching the bot. And one of the things that I wrote in there was like some pointers of, you know, for brands that are planning to do um, campaigns around um, International Women's Day and any other sort of liberation event, you know, by them taking up space in that conversation, whose voices aren't getting heard. And that's kind of, I think that's what's a bit worrying for me is that, you know, the people that we really need to listen to those that are struggling the most, those that, you know, these days are made for, like, you know, trying to um, acknowledge their struggles and work to fix them. They're not getting heard because all we've got is, um, you know, discount codes on socks and, you know, 
other other types of you know reasonably meaningless um efforts from companies so yeah really interesting that like the way that you mention um you know how things get co-opted and you know things just get lost in the noise and yeah who are those with the most sort of um influence aren't the people that necessarily need their voices amplified on these days let's take a quick break hey ladies it's bridget todd here may is high blood pressure education month it is crucial for us especially as black women to focus on our heart health we pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a backseat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls code nogirls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment. Whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay, they can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. 
No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. And we're back. So how did we get to this place where things like Black History Month, International Women's Day, and Pride have been co-opted by brands and corporations spewing empty rhetoric and performative bullshit? Well, Francesca says it has a lot to do with the rise of social media. When everyone, including brands, can easily add their voice to the conversation, they feel the need to weigh in on issues that otherwise they probably wouldn't have or shouldn't have before social media. And our liberation becomes just another online trend to jump in on. And today's consumers are much more attuned to the values of a brand. A 2021 study by the consumer research agency Verity found that most, about 54%, of consumers want to do business with companies that take values-based stances. So brands throwing up an International Women's Day tweet and doing pretty much nothing else is a lazy way to woo that audience of consumers without actually having to do anything of substance. In other words, it basically turns liberation into a quick cash grab. How do you think we got to this place where these days that were meant to be about real liberation and real solidarity have just become empty? And and how how do you think we got to a place where brands feel like it's okay to to add their voice on a subject that they really don't champion? In, in deeds or actions? It's got a lot to do with, you know, how social media has grown sort of over, you know, the last few years. I think that, you know, prior to all brands being on like Twitter and Instagram, they wouldn't, they probably wouldn't have done sort of a more traditional media campaign on um, these sorts of events. I think one, because, you know, when you're talking to the press, it sort of implies a lot more scrutiny. You've got to have more data to be able to back up your story you, because they're not just going to print anything that's, you know, poorly researched, for instance. Um, so, yeah, I think social media gave all of us, but also kind of brands, a platform to just say and do whatever they want without really much scrutiny over it and so yeah what I think has maybe I think we've slept walked into this sort of situation where like you know people's liberation is um kind of celebrated by companies that aren't sort of doing anything meaningful towards it um because it's it's trending because you know people talk about um talk about say like um, Black History Month, um, International Women's Day, Pride, they talk about all those things on social media. And, you know, I think that it's often seen as a bit of an opportunity of, you know, we can muscle in and kind of expand our reach if we also kind of show that that's what we're into. Um, and then I think that the the second thing is that consumer habits, I think, are starting to shift a bit. And I think people want to buy from and work with companies who support similar values to themselves. Um, and I think that, you know, when 
you know, us as society says, actually, yeah, well, we do believe that um, kind of all all people have a right to live in, you know, safety and equality and they all have a right to thrive. So we want companies to um, to kind of reflect those values, too. And so but I think that that's that's not necessarily translating into okay we need to actually be acting on you know how we can promote um equity within our organizations um instead it's just like well people want to see that we are doing something so that they shop from us so we're going to show them that we are even if um even if it's not a hundred percent true yeah i think you're right and as you were speaking i wrote down in my notes like social liberation is not a trend, right? I think that you're exactly right that in a, in a, before social media, I don't think that a company that had mostly women, mostly men in their leadership and the women that were there were underpaid and that they're funding politicians that like make women's lives harder would put out a press release about how they like women. It wouldn't make any sense. But social media has really made these brands feel like that they can have a voice in every conversation and should have a voice in every conversation when maybe they really fucking shouldn't, one. And then I also think that you're, you're, the data is very clear that particularly young consumers really do want to shop and spend money with organizations that have similar values. Like, that's very clear. And I think these companies want that money without having to do any of the work to, to get that, right? And so they just, they say like, oh, okay, well, Young consumers that, and most consumers want to spend money at organizations that also have share their values. So we'll just say we share their values, but not really share their values, you know. And, and I think it's such a lazy, empty way of just really getting more money. It, it's such a it's such a lazy, obvious cash grab that I find it. I'm, yeah, I think I'm only now just realizing my detest for days like this because it just illustrates what a lazy cash cash grab it is, and I find it offensive. Yeah, totally. I think that, you know, partially thanks to social media, I guess, that, you know, anything that is possibly worth monetizing, then the companies have found a way to monetize it. And, you know, that's that's not right. You know, it's you can't sort of profit from people's liberation when there are people still fighting for it. I think I was reading an interview with you with you where you said, I don't want to have liberation co-opted and sold back to me by way of a smash the patriarchy t-shirt, right? Like, I don't want a slogan. I don't want a t-shirt. I don't want a discount code. I want liberation. I want equality. I want inclusion. I want real things that make a tangible difference, not a fucking t-shirt, not a fucking slogan. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally it. It's, you know, nice words don't really make a difference. You know, I would much rather that you know, companies held those, kept those nice words themselves and instead sort of focused on, you know, what they can do. And what I really hope is that um, the work that we've done with the bot has been able to inspire companies um, into thinking like, well, we've, we've ignored our problems and it's not worked. So, you know, maybe this is a bit of a, a kick up the bum to do something about it. Do you think the policy in the UK around transparency and the and the gender pay gap, like, do you think that's made a difference? Because if it's if if that information, so 
data is that data is very powerful, but if it's so inaccessible, can it really like do you think it's really made a difference? I don't think that it has yet. I think that it's marvelous that we've got the data there. Um, but I think that the drawbacks are the fact that it's not really all that in your face. Um, and I think that limits the impact that it's able to have. You know, like I kind of have conversations with people that didn't know it existed until um, we started pushing out the tweets on International Women's Day. Um, and we've had quite a lot of questions back about like, oh, where's the data from? Um, and, you know, I think sometimes that's coming from international audiences now. So that's um, kind of understandable that it's um, not, well, the UK reg regulations are known worldwide. But, you know, people that I've worked with are like, how did you manage to get all this data? And I'm like, how do you not know it's there? Like, and especially because, you know, I've made no secret of kind of my um, kind of politics in the types of places where I've worked. And so this is types of things that I've brought up and talked about. And I distinctly remember sort of the first year that it came in, I was working at a, um, a it was like a financial services company in their marketing department. And I saw the figures come in and it, they had like, a, I think it's about a 22% pay gap. And so I just said around the desk, like, oh, have you seen this? We've got a 22% gender pay gap. And honestly, like, no one, no one seemed to care for one. I think that was potentially because there was only, um, I was one of two women in the team. <laughs> but then also it just sort of, it became a bit of a dirty word, like, all I was getting was like, oh, well, this is why we've got a gender pay gap. And, oh, it's the education system's fault. And it's like all attempts to shut down any meaningful discussion. Um, so, yeah, I think that the impact of it is limited by the fact that it's not, although it's publicly available, that it's not accessible. And also the regulations only require companies to declare it. They don't require like them to actually fix it. So I think that, you know, if well, for them to have more of an impact, I think that the next step would be to, um, well, one, include um, other types of inequality as well, especially so that we can get a handle on the um, ethnicity wage gap. Um, and two, I think that we need to, um, you know, legislate to force companies to act on that data um because you see as well like we've got five years worth of data now and it's a lot of the time not going in the right direction um you know sometimes it's um a couple of percent either way and so you think well that's you know not not too bad it means that you're not doing anything about it but at least it's not getting worse more after a quick break Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first. 
and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let's get right back into it. Even though gender pay gap data is publicly available in the UK, and thanks to Francesca's bot, more people are paying attention to it. It's meaningless without actual accountability. It is so easy for companies to explain away why they're paying women less or to ignore it altogether. We looked at one um, kind of sports retailer um, who went from having a 0.3 gender pay gap in 2017 and their data this year is, I think, about 48%. So that's, um, yeah, yeah, massive difference. Yeah. So that's really worrying. That's like, you know, the, the reason that this regulation was brought in was to sort of 
make companies not um like act on their gap and like reduce it but then it's just gone the complete opposite direction for, in some cases yeah i think that really demonstrates your point that data transparency needs to be needs to have some like, transparency is a good start a good first start but unless it's coupled with some kind of accountability which i think that your bot is really kind of pushing the needle forward on so good good job there but like it has to come with some kind of impetus for change otherwise it's just transparency and even you know when you're with, from within the company bringing that to their attention that hey we have a big pay gap they can just ignore it or give some other reason for it or just frankly pretend like it didn't happen pretend like those facts are not the reality of their company even though they are yeah and like we've had a a couple of um kind of responses from companies that have you know said things like oh no, you know, our data is skewed by the fact that it was the pandemic and we had sort of more staff absences. We had um, the furlough scheme where like um, a lot of employees weren't getting their full salary. And it's just like, these aren't justifications. Like, yes, they may sort of, they're factors which contribute to it, but then it's, we're moving beyond the pandemic, hopefully this year. and so. Now you've got to focus on, well, what's next? You know, you can look back and think of all the things which, um, you know, may have contributed to your problem in the past 12 months. But that's useless if you're not also going to look at what are you going to do in the next 12 months to, you know, correct for that and make sure that, you know, there's not a lasting economic impact specifically on um, women and marginalised groups um, beyond the pandemic. So I'm obviously here for shaming the companies that need to be shamed. Were there companies that you found from use, from this bot that were actually walking the walk as well as talking the talk where the, the, the bot revealed that they actually were paying uh, women equally in their company? Yeah, we did actually. Um, we did actually publish a few tweets where um, there was equal pay and a few where there was um, a slight um, gap in favor of women. Um, so yeah, I think that was... They're definitely in the minority, those um, <laughs> those companies. Um, in the 2021 um, gender pay gap data from the UK government, there was 77% of companies um, reported that um, women's average pay is less than men's. So obviously that's, that's really significant. It's a really small number that are sort of the other direction or that are equal. But like we wanted to make sure that they got highlighted as well. Like we use the same sort of neutral text for um, for both, you know, where there was a big pay gap or where there was a small pay gap or where there was no pay gap. Because what we wanted to do was take all of the emotion out of it. We're just pushing out the data and then it's for like Twitter users and the general public to kind of make up their own minds um, and if they see sort of a company um, or like a government organization or whatever that's got a equal pay then you know that's what we've actually done is we've really amplified their distribution because you know we've turned into quite a big account over a really short space of time. Yeah just just personally what has that been like for you? I know that you said that you didn't think this this would blow up the way it has and boy has it blown up. <laughs> What has it been like for you and your partner just personally seeing this thing 
become such an internet sensation? It's a really incredible feeling to see that like so many people have been enjoying the work that we've done and have been like engaging in the data and using it to spark kind of productive conversations. That's an absolutely amazing feeling. Um, I think, you know, I'm only just starting to come to terms with like the impact that it's had. Like last week was absolutely chaos for me. It was like, you know, trying to just get on with then some bits of freelance work. And then, you know, I'd be getting like messages from friends saying like, oh, hey, I've just seen you in um, in this news outlet. Like, that's incredible. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know we're in the times like that's was not expecting that <laughs> so yeah it's been really difficult to sort of like keep track of um keep track of everything that's going on um and but at the same time it's been so so rewarding to see like all the messages of support that we've had and you know I even got like an email message off um someone who worked on like a project with the government when they were setting up this um, gender pay gap um, kind of service back in 2017. Um, And he said that um, they were having meetings with um, like creative agencies for like multi-million pound contracts to do something with the data. And um, his message said that, you know, I'm so pleased that, you know, you've been able to produce this because it's so much better and more effective than any of the ideas that those creative in uh, those creative agencies pitched and it was all sort of well very low cost like you know the only money that we've put into it is you know the uh, our time um kind of completely non-profit we kind of had no intention of you know ever using it for like promotion or anything like that so yeah it's on a shoestring budget we've been able to produce something that like multi-million pound agencies could not apparently i love that and i mean it's it's because you're authentic you care about this and you you know i, I think it really is a testament to what creativity and creative marketing and a little bit of you know know-how around the data can really be more effective than you know, a huge marketing, a huge marketing budget and all of that, like, it really comes down to just creativity and authenticity, which I think you have in spades. So I'm so thrilled with how people are reacting to this. I think it's so cool. I guess one of my last questions for you is, what's next? Do you have plans to make more bots? Like, what can we expect? So yeah, I would absolutely love to be able to like, copy this concept for um, like, other um, sort of liberation events throughout the year when um we see a lot of this performative marketing come through so you know we've talked about um we talked about pride we talked about um black history month and our issue is that we don't have um data to kind of to do that yet but um we have had a couple of people get in touch with some potential data sources that we're um we're looking into and so yeah hopefully over the next 12 months, we will be able to find a way to kind of be able to highlight um, the truth behind the supportive messages on other issues. Um, and greenwashing is another one. Um, 
we've got a uh, we've had sort of a message from a like environmental charity in the UK um interested in kind of potentially working together to um do something to highlight what's going on what what companies are really doing for the environment despite you know they'll claim that they're really really sustainable and of course you know it's rarely possible to operate a like for-profit business in a truly sustainable way and I feel like you know there's a lot of companies trying to pretend that that isn't the case so yeah if we were able to um kind of work with them to get some data um around like carbon emissions for instance um we'd love to be able to um replicate it for greenwashing too Ooh, I think a lot of companies are going to have to make sure their social media team is are ready to go, especially around greenwashing, because that's going to be a lot of deleted tweets. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.